Joining me today in Points and Politics is Jane Davidson, who's running in town ward. Welcome, Jane. Thank you. Glad to be here. Uh, Jane, the first question I ask all the candidates is, why are you running? This is such a lot of work, and it's uh, it goes on and on. Yes, it does. And the more I learn about it, the more I see that. I actually have the time, Bill. I am a junior senior. And I have a business, but I'm semi-retired. I call all my own hours. So while I'm a writing coach, I, I'm not nine to fiving it anywhere. And I have a great deal of passion and commitment. Learned a lot about the city when I did the uh, all the communications for the city after the flood, communicating with the citizens of Peterborough. I did the entire program. So with that in mind, when this came up, I just thought, that's it. I'm going for it. This is the time. Great. Now, could you, uh, for people who don't know you, give us a bit more detail on your background, what you bring to this campaign in terms of profession, what you've done in the past and skill sets and that sort of thing? Okay. Well, I have a tremendous ability to synthesize a lot of complicated information. The reason I have that is my background in journalism. I was a a business reporter for the Globe and Mail Report on Business. I was a business reporter for the Toronto Star Business Today. Then I became, I stopped and had uh, my family and then went back into journalism. And what I ended up doing was segueing into PR because I've been a single mom for a long time and I needed more regular hours. So I worked for DuPont Canada as their senior PR specialist corporate, learned a great deal about actual business and working for a very ethical corporation. So, and then I've also been the uh, public relations or media relations specialist for MPAC, who everybody loves to hate, the (laughs) Municipal Assessment Property Corporation. And I was flown all over Ontario in that capacity to train all their spokespeople. And I also handled all the media calls. So, especially from the GTA area and from here. Great. Thank you. Now, have you started knocking on doors? Hang on a sec. Yes, I have, but I want to say a bit more about my background. Um, In terms of locally, I've sat on a whole lot of volunteer committees, and I think that's really important. I was on the Canada Day Parade Committee. I was on the Millennium Trail Committee when it first got Millennium Trail up and running. I was on the Spring Sizzle Committee at Fleming. I'm a hospice volunteer, and I started the Peterborough Editors uh, Group. So, and back to your question about canvassing door-to-door. Yes, I have. And what a fascinating experience it is. I love it. Great. Now, what are you hearing at the doors? What are what are people's uh, top of mind, top three, five issues that they're uh, talking to you about? Well, what's amazing is that almost every door I go to, it changes. So it's circulating. I mean, up, up near, I live at the Mount, and mm-hmm. I've, of course, been over to Marycrest right across the, you know, right across the, the lawn, and they're, the, the people over there are very concerned about homelessness downtown, as I am too. That also came up around when I was canvassing yesterday around Little Lake. People are really worried about the degree of homelessness downtown and, and their own personal feelings of safety when they're downtown, even in the middle of the day. I've run into a whole lot of seniors who are saying, why don't we have a counselor who's dedicated to seniors' issues at the table? And I'm actually running that's part of my platform is to be the voice of seniors in Peterborough. We are 22% uh, people over 65 right now. And in 2020, it's going to be 25%. And some people have looked at me and said they think it's even higher than that. But those are the statistics. So I'm getting seniors issues. Where am I going to go? 
uh, now that I'm retired and uh, where can I find affordable housing because I my house is too big for me. That is something I am hearing from other people. A homelessness, afford- affordable housing is huge. And the other one is drugs. The drug, tra- what, what we're seeing, the devastation that we're happening to human beings downtown. And that is a particular issue for me because I have dealt with that drug addiction, not me personally, but within my own family, someone very close to me. So I have a, a special uh, place in my heart for the people I see who are struggling with addiction. Okay, now what are, as we look at the whole issue of housing and related to seniors, what are the solutions? I mean, what what can, first of all, the city do, since we're talking about a municipal election, but also other levels of government? What's the fix here? Well, I, th- I know that there was a budget line item for a senior's advisor, and I'm not sure where that sits. I have to get an update on that, that, that city was planning on, certainly the plan was floated to hire somebody to advise on the issues and have an actual staff person dedicated to that, which I think is wonderful. I think it's a great idea and, and working hand in hand with a counselor who's also dedicated, being me, I think that's part of the answer. I also have like concrete suggestions, like seniors should be riding transit free. Uh, we have a lot of seniors, a lot of widows, a lot of people or widowers who are on their own, who no longer drive for various reasons. Because let's face it, seniors, they're 65 to 75, then they're 75 and up. You know, there's there are different issues as you progress through your senior years. So you see people hiking, walking, biking when they're 68, 69, 70, and seven years later, they're using a walker for various reasons. This can happen. It does happen. <laughs> You know, and all of a sudden their their mobility is an issue and we need to support them. They've paid taxes here for a long time or somewhere else. It doesn't matter. And they deserve to be uh, cherished and protected and kept safe. So that's a huge one for me. The other one is we've got to get more units out there because the waiting list for seniors housing is four to six years. That's not acceptable. You know, if you're if you're 75 years old, to have to wait until you're 80 for a spot, uh, a decent apartment, is it's just not okay. So do I have the exact budget line items? No, but I've got some pretty wild and crazy ideas about forming a city to city, using about five or six cities in, who have homeless issues and affordable housing issues similar to Peterborough, similar in size. And you become like a block or a power collective and you pool your funds together to solve the housing, not o- not only that, but then you have the ear of a provincial government because they're starting to see, oh, collectively, cities are far more powerful than they are uh, on their own. And so this was one of the ways that Medicine Hat solved its homelessness problems, is by gathering together with a collective. There were seven cities involved in that, and they fixed it, and we can too. Great. Now, you mentioned also the... Um perception that downtown is unsafe for people. What is the fix there? In other words, what can we do about that, both the perception and the issue? Uh, I'm going to assume, and correct me here, is it people's fear of panhandlers? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what, what can what can be done? Well, okay, it's fear, fear of panhandlers and fear of people who have complicated mental health issues, com- complex mental health issues, and they're also classified 
is hard to house. What can be done, the first thing you do is you house them. Housing first, and that is, I'm not the first person to coin, coin that phrase. And that is an initiative that's being put forward in Ottawa. They're using it in the different places in Toronto. And as I said, uh, Medicine Hat was operating on a housing. So the first thing you do is get people decently housed. Then you can bring in the different supporting agencies to help them with the rest of their issues. You also make them part of the solution. You give somebody a decent house and watch and and watch their anxiety go down. Decent housing, not a house necessarily, but a place warm, safe, dry, clean, and unattra- and not unattractive. Like these people, there's no reason people should have to live in u- ugly surroundings. That's just not right. So for the common good, you put them in a in in good surroundings, and then you ask them to start to contribute either with their labor or as they get on their feet financially. Because the complicated issues they're living with, this has been proven by study after study. When you house them, they start to heal or rectify. It's quite miraculous what happens. You've got to take care of the shelter needs first and not by building more shelters. Okay, now there was a design charrette uh, back in June that the city put on about planning the downtown and there was some conversation there about the future and vision for Peterborough. But one thing that struck me was there was very little uh, conversation about the impact of climate change on how we build our future. How do you see that playing out in terms of the official plan review and how we vision uh, our, our city in 10, 20, 30 years? We have to get organizations, brilliant visionaries like Fred Irwin from Transition Town at the table on this, because I think Fred walks around with a lot of the answers in his head, and I happen to agree with him. I've changed, I've uh, signed the Climate Change Now uh, pledge so that when I'm elected, I will view everything through a climate change lens, every single thing that comes in front of uh, city council. Now, you just asked a complicated question, so I'm going to ask you to repeat it because it was quite long, and I, I, I really need to... Can you give it to me in little pieces so I can... All right. <laughs> let let, let me boil it down. Simple, yeah. The official plan review process is, is underway yeah. right now, and in as part of that, or there was this design charrette about planning downtown in the future, Peterborough's future. And I was struck by the relative low profile given to the profound changes that are going to come in our lifestyle and our economy due to climate change. And I'm just wondering, what should the city be doing to open that up more? Taking control of its energy, for one thing. And uh, I see you raise an eyebrow, but there's still an OEB hearing that the sale of PDI has to pass. And believe me, there are a group of people already putting together the plans to oppose that. Oh, so that issue is not dead. It is. It is not dead. Uh, It is not dead. Uh, Even though it's being sold as dead, it is not dead. Um, So people can get behind that initiative. And the other thing is that we can model ourselves after European cities who have very carefully and wisely taken care of their because climate change is, I agree with you, it's an emergency. We're there. There's no wait till we get to the tipping point. It's very clear from the dramatic events around us, like the flooding in Toronto yesterday and the day before, 
Uh, two men were rescued from an elevator within, they had inches left to breathe before the, the police waded through up to their necks with a crowbar and got them out. I mean, that's just one example. It's, it's uh, because of the deluge, very similar to the deluge we experienced in 2004. That was a climate, an early climate change warning event. People have to really pay attention to this and come out, you know, wake up about it and come out of the sleep they're in. Downtown, you, what you do is go to, and I believe this is doable, you form a cooperative amongst all the commercial energy, entities to own their own power. You put in solar on the roofs, and they're doing this in Europe. They're doing it in different countries. I believe it's Germany, it may be the Netherlands as well, where they, what they do is t- start to knock out their reliance on a larger grid and become self-sufficient in terms of their own power. So then what you do is you use uh, water for your heating and cooling that's powered by solar. It's doable. And this this is a solution that I really believe we've got to start looking at very soon because the PDI sale is, if it goes through 10 years and then energy prices are going to go sky high, the, 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 the cap comes off. And that will affect the viability of downtown because those small businesses won't be able to afford to operate. And so I have that as part of my solution. The other thing is if the sale of PDI does go through, so you always have to live with whatever outcome is handed to you, then you reinvest those funds into alternative sources of energy to start reducing your your uh, your reliance on PDI. Also, we've got to put back those uh, power plants that are planned up around the university that were canceled by Ford with that. And he has to, but you see, city states have power, Bill. You're looking at me kind of rolling your eyes and I, people can't see this, but I can. So that when he knows that these many electors are saying, Premier Ford, give us back something that is good for our city now, he has to pay attention because it's a city. Okay, so that... I, I believe climate change. We are in an emergency situation. Absolutely, I don't. I don't think I'm ch- chicken little cry, crying. The sky is falling. In terms of climate change, the sky is falling. No, I was rolling my eyes in sympathy. I can. I, okay. I, I, I share those. Uh, now, another thing that seems to loom large in the city's planning, and uh, maybe not large enough, but certainly has come up in conversations around this election campaign, is what can be done to improve the employment prospects, both for adults, for seniors, and for young people. I've been told, for example, that uh, only 1% to 2% of grads from Fleming and Trent, uh, other than residents, stay here when they graduate. The rest of them go back home. In other words, job prospects, career prospects. What can the city do? What Or what can the city and the business community do? Well, yeah, the, you just gave part of the, the most important part of the answer was the last half of your question, which is the business community. One of the things we have to do is reinvest in uh, increasing our appeal for people who are in technology and, and green jobs. They are They pay far more and far higher wages. We, we're already starting to see this with the new park out at Trent University that's being built. So that is the future right now. There's no quick fix and people say, look at you and say as a, as a municipal politician, jobs. Well, 
if I had a magic wand, <laughs> I would come up with a really snappy answer. But the answer is that we look at what our strengths are and they no, it, it's no longer in manufacturing. The answer are, is in providing the technology for us to start to affect, it, going back to your previous question, climate change. So that is the answer. The other thing is, though, having said that, the hospitality industry is our largest single employer. Most of it's located downtown. A lot of people don't know that. More than the university, more than the hospital, there are more jobs in the hospitality industry downtown. So what we do is make sure that we protect the downtown, coming back to, looping back to housing, looping back to the homeless. We protect the downtown so that those jobs are kept and that we encourage more uh, entrepreneurs to come and open more establishments because we're going to be growing unfortunately, is a bedroom community. That's something we have to live with. The other thing we need to do is pour tons more money into the DBIA to help solve the, the uh, safety issue downtown. That was the second part of your question I didn't mm -hmm. answer. They have that the new program, and I don't have the name of it at the tip of my tongue, where they're getting some of the people who are marginally housed. All one town. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Thank you. We need far more of them, but they need funding to do that. We are not funding DBIA the way we should. The other thing we need is people like to see more police on the streets. We need to make sure that whatever it takes, whatever incre budgetary increase, whatever it takes to get police patrolling, that comforts people. And so, because some of the anxiety is baseless. Homeless people are basically harmless. They are not going to attack you. Usually they aren't. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a lack of understanding that you're looking at somebody who's wounded and, and needs a safe place to live. So in the meantime, you have your visible protectors, visible people who are there to provide support and answer, answer questions. We need far more than two of them. And the way, so you take care of the police issue and you, and you make sure that Terry and his folks have more money. And Peterborough Economic Development, I'd, love, I'd like to see both Terry and Peterborough Active take responsible take responsibility for downtown revitalization, but they need to be funded. Okay. Now let's stay with money for a moment here. The issue of taxes. I would be surprised if you didn't, as you go about your door knocking, have comments about taxes as along the lines of perhaps what can we do to control them? Are they going to always keep on going up? My salary doesn't go up 3% a year. How do I deal with that in my taxes? So what, what is the fix around taxes? Philosophically, I think I'm going to answer the question differently than the way you asked it. People need to accept the fact that in order to have roads paved, sidewalks with correct lips on them so people, our increasing population who you see with walkers and wheelchairs can get around and deserve to. They need to make sure that the lights are going on, that all the things that are supposed to have, that the police are, are adequately paid. All those pieces are paid for by their taxes. So part of it is to remind them and show them total transparency about where those tax dollars are going. And I don't think the city's done. I think they could do a better job at that. So, once you start showing people with transparent, using transparency, this is why we need this. You can even do it with this kind of, I've got a bunch of charts here that we different organizations have put out. Like put out this kind of thing, door to door, let people know, give them actual quarterly or 
biannually reports that say, this is how much, this is where it's going, exactly. And then I think you'll find that a lot of that anxiety goes down because it's like, oh, my ta the taxes I'm paying are actually taking care of me. And so I, I think a lot of it is an understanding. Um, I don't want to make some phony statement about, well, if you elect me, there will be no increase in taxes. I, I'm not, you know, <laughs> not in a position to do that. You'd win. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, Jane, I'm wondering, where do you stand on the big issues that will surely cross uh, the desks of the new council? For example, the parkway. For example, parkway, that's a, actually, it's funny because for a lot of people now, when I go door to door, they aren't mentioning it. The ones that do, so far, equally divided depending on maybe depending on which polling area I'm canvassing in. One man said, we've got to have it. And I looked at him and said, why? Because I'm officially put out on my campaign literature. I am opposed to the parkway. I am very concerned about climate change and anything that has more cars passing through, because I think that's exactly what the parkway will do is pull in more vehicular traffic and have us push pushing more emissions out into our immediate environment. Um, it will also take down tree canopy that's grown up in those spaces because that that land was designated a very long time ago. Uh, I'm not sure if the exact dates, I think it was the 50s or the early 60s. So the city has grown up differently than the city that was planned in those days. And that what's happened is people have looked at this land and thought, great, green space. And all of a sudden you've got walking trails, you've got people using it for biking, you've got seniors using it who do not have cars, who need to experience some nature. It's just become fantastically beautiful and almost makes us a, a model now. Anyone with a car is thinking, Jane Davidson is not. I've got to tell you, for the sake of saving three to five minutes of traffic, I do not see the expense, the disruption. I do believe that the piece that was built going up to the hospital was essential, and I agree with that. I really would like us to see any funds that might have been invested in that uh, put into back into uh, solutions to our hydro issues in the city and into homelessness. So I am against the parkway. In terms of mo moving people around, we need to do a transportation re plan review really quick. We Our transit system needs a lot of help. This this business about coming, bringing people into the... Have you used the bus system? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know what, what it's like. You take the bus, I have too, and then you sit, you have to run to the next one and they all come in at the same time. No, what we need is buses looping continuously so that the way you get people to start using the buses more is to make them more available. So you have more buses... And we need hubs so that they can do a circle without ever coming into the central area. The north end, the south end, wherever there's new where there's new development coming in, get out on the other side of the um, of the lift lock, and of course the the west end. And and then what you have is you're able to do something along the lines of what they're doing in Ottawa. And arguably, it's bigger. Doesn't matter. You just you just resize and do the same thing. You have highly paid civil servants in Ottawa using the bus all the time because it's so good, because it's so reliable. So to my mind, what you do is you compensate by, by making more alternative transit available. The other thing I want to see is an LRT. I want to see an LRT line going, starting down around uh, Morrow Park, going up uh, George and up water and down George, right up to the Y to Joanne's Health Food initially coming back down again, watch the incredible uh, impact that will have on traffic issues because people love it. And again, we just look at places where it's worked in larger centers and you just resize to Peterborough. We're going to grow. People will use it. You provide your parking possibilities at either end 
or at the ends where the where the transit system then feeds into it. So it's a total overhaul, but it's totally doable, and it also helps climate issues. So, Jane, I'm wondering, what, what's your view of the role of major pl- political parties, let's say the four major federal uh, political parties, in municipal politics? Now, when I ran for council, of course, I just wrote my own policy. You've written your own policy. It's on your card. Uh, but what about the involvement of uh, the major parties at the municipal level? I, I don't like it. I don't have any party supporting me. Uh, I tend to, uh, I will declare that I lean towards the Green Party. Every every uh, vote that I take when I'm elected will be because I have looked at the issue independently, weighed it very carefully, and then consulted my constituents with that first and foremost, find out the way that the constituents want me to vote, which incidentally did not happen with this, in my opinion. So I don't think there is any place at the municipal level for partisan politics. Um, I think often a city, which is also a city state and has great power, can be a response to a larger system of government like the provincial. For instance, the perception now is that we're not progressive. So what? how do we deal with that? We elect people who are progressive and they aren't necessarily uh, attached to any party. Their viewpoint tends to be progressive. They're concerned about climate change. They're concerned about homelessness. They're you know desperately worried about these issues and want to make sure the funding and the uh, resources and the energy. They're also really concerned about the business community which often leans conservative, so what? I mean, this is municipal politics. Well, Jane Davidson, thank you so much for making the time to to do this. And uh, I wish you very well in your campaign. Thank you very much.